Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast, the Spanish Grand Prix review, where it turns out that the King of Spain is in fact a British knight. I'm joined by my good friends and fellow Formula One aficionados, Jimmy and Joe. Join us this week as we discuss round four of what could be one of the biggest battles in Formula One between Hamilton and Verstappen. The beginning of the end in the Bottas and Mercedes relationship, young Yuki Tsunoda's sweary antics, and much more. How are we doing, guys? I'm doing very well, thank you. In the uh, in the words of Sergeant Tony Fisher from uh, Hot Fuzz, my perfect Sunday <laughs> would involve a uh, 90th minute Wolves winner, the Albion getting relegated, and a very nice Formula One race. So uh, it was quite a good day. Well, thank you very much, Joe, for leaving it about a minute before bringing up the fact that West Brom got relegated. Well. But we won't be talking too much about that. We'll be talking about the last point, which I agree with you, is a perfect Sunday. Uh, Jimmy, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. I went to the pub for the first time um, yesterday, so that was pretty good. Well, not for the first time ever, just since... Just since the, the lockdown has eased, it was very nice. And then I went home and then uh, we watched the F1. So that wasn't too bad at all. Indeed. So Lewis Hamilton managed to achieve a staggering 100th pole position, beating Max Verstappen by six hundredths of a second. Sir Lewis is in the form of his life. And as one of our listeners, Gemma, mentioned to me, we're going to miss him when he does leave the sport. So when they did eventually get away on Sunday, though... Verstappen got his elbows out and snatched the lead off Hamilton at the first corner with a bold dive down the inside. Given the difficulty of overtaking at the Circuit de Catalunya, many thought that that was the race over. In fact, my dad almost left. He stayed though and he's glad that he did because Hamilton managed to stay close to the back of Verstappen, putting him under pressure and a brilliant Mercedes strategy meant that Hamilton could pit for fresher tyres and then catch Verstappen in the closing laps before taking the win and extending his championship lead. Lewis and Max were in a league of their own, uh, but Valtteri Bottas was starting to catch them towards the end to complete the podium. A strong fourth-place finish for Charles Leclerc showed his class. Sergio Perez recovered from a poor Saturday to finish fifth, pulling off a fantastic overtake from behind um, to overtake Daniel Ricciardo, who finished sixth. That was a great race, wasn't it? Well, no, because Max Verstappen didn't win. Well, it was because Lewis did win, so... Is that what the internet is saying? <laughs> that is, uh, well, that's that's the opinions I've been seeing. But, um, yeah, I thought I really enjoyed it. Phenomenal race. Lewis was, did a, did a, a fantastic uh, a race, and uh, I think that, yeah, I think he's going to win the title. Well, we'll get into a bit more of who's impressed with who as we go into our awards. So, first of all, we'll start with, as customary, the biggest winner of this weekend. Jimmy, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I will. I'm going to sort of break tradition and not go with Lewis Hamilton. I'm going to go with Daniel Ricciardo for a solid race. Uh, first solid race, really, of the season. Beat his teammate and uh, had pretty... Pretty good race, to be honest. The only one thing that maybe I was a bit disappointed of is that Perez got past him in the fashion he did. I think he could have sort of made it a bit more difficult for Perez. Um, but yeah, overall, 
it, it shows that he's settling into a new team, which is really nice to see. And the thing that he spoke about was the fact that he knew the Spanish Grand Prix circuit so well because that's where they've done so much testing. So it's really good that he had that confidence and he did improve after, as I said, the woes of last week. I was so close to putting him down, so I I do completely understand why he's a good shout. Joe, do you agree with Ricardo or do you have perhaps someone else? I'll go with uh, Charles Leclerc. Um... Absolutely, you know, he's completely flawless all weekend, did absolutely nothing wrong, qualified, did he qualify fourth? Yeah, and finished fourth. Um, You know, I think he showed that he is in the Hamilton-Verstappen category. I know they did drive away from him, but obviously that's the cars. Um, It's getting quite funny watching Hamilton and Verstappen just drop the rest of the grid at the start of every race. Um, But yeah... Charles managed to keep Bottas behind him for a fair while, um, ruined Bottas's race, really. But he did everything perfect all weekend. And I th- definitely think he's in the Hamilton Verstappen category for drivers. I nearly wrote down Ricardo, but wrote down Charles Leclerc. And it was a great overtake round the outside of turn three on Bottas on the first corner, wasn't it? Fantastic. As many people have pointed out already, basically identical to... Um, Fernando Alonso, 2013. But the funny thing about that was Leclerc didn't seem to remember the overtake by Alonso. He was like, everyone keeps on saying this, but I (laughs) I don't remember it. I don't think I've seen it. On your point about him being on the same level as Hamilton and Verstappen or in that group, I would agree. In fact, I think that that race, as well as others, seems to be proving to me more and more so that I rate Charles Leclerc higher than Max Verstappen. Oh, that's interesting. Ooh. That's spicy. This this is my opinion. I think Leclerc is probably the only driver that could match Lewis in terms of being able to be that consistent with qualifying over one lap. We know he's good. He's He was outperforming the car last year, as Lewis was in the McLaren. And I think Leclerc, he's still not as experienced as Lewis, but he showed in 2019 that his racecraft is a good enough match for Lewis and Lewis seems to be able to be outracing Verstappen so yeah yeah I I need to see more evidence of it but I feel in my heart of hearts that that Leclerc is slightly edging Verstappen were they in the same uh, machinery Jimmy so yes I do uh, think that Leclerc is in the same category as Hamilton and Verstappen. It's a shame he doesn't have a car to compete because it would make it incredibly exciting. Um, but he, he, I agree with Joe, his his race was brilliant. Um, that overtake on Bottas was, was sensational. And he kept him behind him as well, um, which is quite difficult. But if you were, say contract lengths are irrelevant, yeah. okay? You're Toto Wolf. Hamilton's just retired. You've got the choice between Verstappen and Leclerc to be your driver. Who are you picking? George Russell. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really interesting one. And on your point, I think you have to say as well that Charles is less experienced than Verstappen. Verstappen's had a few more years to mature um, as a driver. Having said that, I do think Charles is more immature as a driver, is visibly more immature as a driver than Max Verstappen. It'll be interesting to see where Charles is 
in a few years' time. You know, and Lewis was the same earlier in, in his McLaren days. Some days he'd look the best driver in the world, but he was inconsistent, hot-headed, whatever. All, all the young drivers seem to be. So it'd be very interesting to see where they are at different stages of their career. So that, that was a very diplomatic answer, Joe, but I'm just going to push you. Leclerc or Verstappen? Verstappen, just. Oh, ho, ho. okay, fair enough. <laughs> but you, you'd pick Russell over both of them? I don't know. Probably not at the moment. R- Russell... Russell's not proven, is no. he? No, Russell, Russell's proven nothing so far. I think he could be in their category, but he's not proved it at all. Yeah, and he hasn't had the chance to, really. His one real, his one real chance to prove it, he did a bloody good job of it so you know we'll have to see it'll, it'll be interesting to see anyway biggest loser who's it gonna be joe i'll go with yuki sonoda snap go stop agreeing with me <laughs> sonoda would be my first choice because um i just think he was quite poor all weekend um he came into the sport with quite a lot of hype looked really good you know he was topping practice sessions wasn't he was it like P4 in a practice session? Um, it looked really good. And it's just sort of deflated a bit from there. And the worst thing you can do as a rookie having a poor weekend in the sport is to start, you know, having a go at your team um, and getting above your station, really. I don't think it was helped by the fact that he was clearly struggling with English. Um I don't think he was say. I don't think what he said was quite what he wanted to say. He's obviously learned English in the pit lanes of Europe. Yeah. Rather than in a school. Yeah, yeah. So, but just a really poor weekend overall, and you can just feel the hype deflating a bit for him. And on Sunday morning, he seemed to arrive with his tail between his legs, as as though Franz Tost has given him a hairdryer treatment, <laughs> as, Sir, as Sir Alex Ferguson would do. Um, yeah, I had him down as the biggest loser too. He still has a lot of potential. Jensen Button was probably right in that he needs someone to put their arm around him, take the pressure off him a little bit and say, look, you're not going to be a superhero from the beginning. Mm. Everyone's good in Formula One. You just need to calm down, do your work, do your talking on the track and you're good enough to get to the top. It was just a, it was just interesting contrasting it to his teammate who suffered a setback quite early in the race um and he was running last at one point and he did a really kept a cool head and did a really nice comeback drive to get a point in the end yeah pierre gasly just a few centimeters too far forward in his box got five second penalty and he was really frustrated with himself but he channeled that as you say to make the best of a bad situation and, uh, yeah, get a point. Jimmy, did you have a different driver, perhaps, for the biggest loser? Potentially, I was going to say Nikita Mazepin. Um, Numerous things off the track, but on the track as well. When you compare Mazepin to his teammate, I think he was a minute off Schumacher, wasn't he? Or something crazy like that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's not been very good at all, really. And also... He's had shenanigans on the track as well, be it blue flags or anything like that. And all this stuff about we race as one doesn't really send the right message, really, does it? Um, so, yeah, a bit of a rant there. But I think Nikita Mazepin was the were biggest loser for sure. What was what was the thing that I sent to you, Joe, 
about blue flags. You told you sent me a tweet where someone said that Nikita Mazepin has never heard Sebastian Vettel's hit single "Blue Flags," and it shows. And what a song that was! Fantastic <laughs> song. He could he could get an album, Seb. Yeah, he could. I'd buy it. Blue flags. Uh, grazie ragazzi. Uh, what was the last? He did. Who let the dogs out? Uh, um. When 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 that dog got on the track. Oh yeah, you you gave the award to him for the season. That was my favourite radio. Awards. Yeah, yeah, brilliant radio. That anyway. So what we can conclude is Sebastian Vettel has produced a lot of teachable moments for these young Formula One drivers. So we can celebrate him. Um, but I think we're on. We're agreed that Yuki Tsunoda is the one that, that could probably take the most out of this this race. And, and you never know, he might be performing next weekend just as Daniel Ricciardo did. And he got the biggest loser last week. So, the moment of the weekend. Jimmy, I'm going to let you begin with this one. What do you think? I think it was the first corner of the race. Um, I think that, that overtake uh, from Verstappen uh, with Hamilton. Hamilton did very well not to crash into him. Uh, first of all, and also it set up quite an exciting race. Usually, if Hamilton had got the the first corner, I think that he would have been into the distance and sailing away. the The fact that Verstappen got past uh, Lewis, I think that was key in making it an interesting race. So I think that was the moment of the race for sure. A great shout and a good point, uh, because like you say, L- Lewis was quicker in that Mercedes on that day in history. So. Yeah, it made it made the race a little bit interesting. Joe, do you have an alternative viewpoint, or do you agree? Yeah, um, I was just going to talk about Valtteri Bottas picking the strangest time to show some fight. It's just it was the weird. It was just the weirdest time that he could have picked to do it, and it was just a really strange moment in the race for me um, because. We all want to see him fighting and doing better, you know. It it makes things more interesting, and he's a good, he's a very good driver, and he shows it sometimes and not others. Um, but that just wasn't the time to pick a fight that he couldn't win. There was no way he could win that race. There was no way he could keep Hamilton behind. I mean, he closed a ten second gap in about five laps. Um, so I don't, I don't know why he decided then. It was just really strange. And he'd been told by his team not to hold up Lewis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, there's making a point and not following team orders, but at least do it on a team order where you might actually keep him behind. He's burning a bridge for absolutely no reason whatsoever. He wasn't going to win. It just makes him look a little bit silly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had that as the moment of the race because I, I noted it down um, as a potential start of the end in the relationship between Valtteri Bottas and Mercedes. But on reflection, Valtteri is doing a good job for Mercedes. He's he's finished third in three of the four races. The other one he got taken out. He shouldn't have been in the position he was in, but it wasn't his fault that he got taken out of that race. He's doing the best job that, or he's doing the job that Mercedes employ him to do, right? Yeah. So what would be the logic in Mercedes ruining that winning mm-hmm. formula? Because they're winning the Drivers' and Constructors' Championship as a result of Lewis doing his thing, and Valtteri Bottas 
backing up the king. Yeah, and on, and on that, and on that, um, obviously a lot of attention has been on Perez not being in Hamilton's pit window, um, whereas Bottas was driving around around ten seconds behind in Max Verstappen's pit window. Hence, why they couldn't pull the stop. Maybe think about alternate strategy options before. So that's an excellent point. Yeah. So he he is doing what Mercedes want him to do, but if he's gonna if he's been told that maybe it's your last year here, um, I find it very odd that he'd pick that moment to have a fight as opposed like this early in the season. Um, so because he's he, he's just losing a bit of trust for later on in the season, isn't he? Yeah, precisely. But I I suspect that if if he'd been told that he's not staying for next year, that would be a silly move by Mercedes because there'll be more of these moments. So I can't see Mercedes having already told him that he's not going to be around next year. Yeah. In fact, Toto Wolf confirmed this weekend that the rumours by the Daily Mail that. George Russell's going to replace him mid-season were, were false. So he's had those assurances. So, as you say, weird time to start making points like that. I'm not sure how long those assurances will last if he starts becoming a obstacle on track for Lewis, though. Well, he wasn't that much of an obstacle, was it? He, he nearly crashed with him. But Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, but I agree with you, Joe. Uh, Again. That was, Yeah. <laughs> how about... I start this time by giving the honourable mention. Good idea. Look, right, on this one, I think I've gone outside the box. So if you've got the same as me, I'm going to be fuming. I hope that happened then. So my honourable mention kind of piggybacks off your honourable mention, Joe, from last week. So you gave the Red Bull pit crew a shout-out, and they actually didn't do so well this weekend but i wanted to give the mercedes strategists oh the honorable mention lewis was one of the only drivers on the grid that could have pulled off such a strategy but still mercedes having the bravery to do that um, and, and pull it off again it just shows the might of their team be it the engines be it the aerodynamics the strategy is also a huge component and the the overall package is probably why Mercedes is such a tough opponent for, for Red Bull to overcome, whether or not Red Bull have a quicker car. So I'm going to give it to the Mercedes strategist. Joe? Well, I hope you haven't cursed them because um, obviously I shout out the Red Bull pit crew and then they were rubbish. So um, expect a hugely messed up strategy from Mercedes next week. We'll see. Anyway, um... I, I'm going to give an honourable mention to the Circuit de Catalunya because it's been getting a lot of hate in the build-up to this. We were all saying, oh, it's going to be a rubbish race, you know, and hurting its feelings. Um, and I'd just like to say that having easy overtaking is not always good for the spectacle. If we were on a track where... We had a massive straight with a DRS zone, easy to follow. Even if Max had passed Lewis on the first lap, Lewis would have breezed back past with DRS and drove off, and you would not have had an exciting race. Sometimes tracks that don't have easy overtaking 
actually create good races through strategy, tyre wear, whatever. Um, and you see it in Hungary as well, um, you know. So, yeah, obviously it's not the best track. Obviously, a lot of races end up being boring there. But ease of overtaking is not always the be-all and end-all of an exciting Formula One race. I've got even more of an out-of-the-box on. That's like out-of-the-box, out-of-the-box. Go on, then. Yeah, so my honourable mention is Roman Grosjean and Mercedes. Um, I think that um, it was a really nice touch from Mercedes to do that for Roman. Put him in the best car on the grid, uh, seven-time world champions. Um, it was a horrible ending for Roman. Um, and, you know, if it, if, it, if it ended in the fire... I think that for him it would have been a terrible shame because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't fighting for world championships or wins, but he was a Formula One driver, and it's the top of your game, and you have to be good in F1. And to end in a, a crash like that is just awful, and it just it it puts the cherry on top of his career really in terms of Formula One. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him in uh, France, isn't it? Yeah, so he's going to be doing a demo at the French Grand Prix and then he's going to be doing a tyre test in the Mercedes uh, on, on the Tuesday following that race for a full day. And it's an expensive thing running a Formula 1 car so fair play to Toto Wolff and Mercedes for sticking to their word and giving him the send-off that he deserves because he was quick on his day. Let's not forget that. If you haven't, watch Drive to Survive. Yeah, it's episode 9. And you'll understand what kind of fiery end it could have been were it not for Mercedes, for Romain Grosjean. So, really good shout, Jimmy. In fact, I am I love the fact that Joe came up with the Circuit de Catalunya. I'd like to throw in the fans with that because we actually saw a thousand fans or whatever it was. But Jimmy's going to win the, the pride of, of giving that award to Romain Grosjean and Mercedes, because I like that. Thank you very much. Um, I agree. Made the right decision. Brilliant. So, Jimmy, while we're on you, we'll just get on to our final award, which is the AJ on the line, line of the weekend. Mikey, blue flag, blue flag, we lose position, which is Toto Wolff on the, on the radio to Michael Massey, the race director, which I just thought was brilliant. Uh, and I really liked it. It shows that he's fully involved in the, the decision making and he's not just sitting there watching a TV, um, which I know he isn't, but I'm just saying that it's good to like, and what a brilliant, and also the F, F1 putting in that sort of detail in the broadcast, which is brilliant. Great shout. Joe is going to deliver us a quote for the AJ on the line, line of the week. And I hope that it's not the same one as me. Well, I did text you about this, but it was um, Jensen Button and Daniel Ricardo's uh, post-race chat. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was good to see Daniel back in high spirits. Um, you know, he's he's always the funniest driver on the grid when he's in high spirits, which is most of the time, let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, so a great back and forth. It was good to see Button back involved with the drivers. Um, obviously, not that old. so And he was always one of my favourite drivers. So, yeah, just the, the banter between those two in the interview. I, I like how uh, the, the drivers have a lot of respect for Jensen Button because they raced him. Another driver that um, got a lot of respect from Hamilton was Pedro de la Rosa um, after qualifying. <laughs> that, yeah, that was a great interview. 
Oh, this isn't this isn't my line of the week, but it, it's a bit weird how they left it with Lewis saying to Pedro, "I remember when you tried to kill me." <laughs> <laughs> that can be left open to so many interpretations, but of course, of course, they they used to uh, be teammates at, at McLaren uh, when De La Rosa was the test driver. My quote of the weekend was Carlos Sainz in practice and he said this Hamilton guy is going to give us trouble this season (laughs) I think that's the understatement of the year so far Uh, a lot of people were getting really annoyed on social media that he wasn't giving Hamilton enough respect it's obviously a joke and it's true what sort of context (laughs) was it I mean mean, you know he's not going to win is he he's not going to start beating Hamilton I mean they're so far off the pace. It's crazy, isn't it? The fact that Hamilton... Of course, they're going to give him trouble. Ooh, Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, of course, Hamilton's going to be... I don't know what context he meant, but of course, he's going to be like... like. I think side. it was sarcastic, Jimmy. Oh, was it? Oh, right. Sorry, forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I just thought that, that that was a great little moment. Carlos Sainz is good on the radio. A lot of the drivers know that the radio is there and they have a bit of fun. But... Yeah, Carlos Sainz is just a funny guy. I rate him a lot. I can't decide whether I I like him or, or Charles Leclerc more. Ferrari have a great lineup, don't they? Uh, anyway, let's not get bogged down on that. I want to hear your predictions for Monaco in two weeks' time. Over to you, Jimmy. I hate to say it, but I think it might be a Verstappen win. Simply because I think that their car is good uh, and they always do well in Monaco. And, you know, it's so difficult to overtake if if he starts from pole for Stappen. Um, it's going to be very difficult for, for Lewis to get past. Um, That's your sensible prediction. What's your bold prediction that you're going to do? So Verstappen's going to win and... Ricardo on the podium. Oh, OK. Very bold. He is good round Monaco, as he's shown. Joe, what's your sensible and what's your wacky prediction for Monaco? I agree with... Uh... James here on uh, the Verstappen win. He's got to to keep the championship open. Yeah, um, I think the past two tracks, um, Christian Horn has been saying, you know, this is a track where we didn't quite expect to be at our peak. Um, you know, and they seem pretty. You know, they they genuinely seem pretty happy with second both times. So I don't think he's lying there. That 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 they expected those tracks to suit the Mercs more, and Monaco seems like it would suit the Red Bull more. Um, so I do think Max is in with a very very good shout of winning there. We'll have to see. And and your bold prediction? George Russell point because he's an excellent qualifier. If he if he sticks it high up the grid, very difficult to pass. I like your thinking. Yeah, good thinking. I like your style. Mm, very good. No, I like that. And on that note, it's time to end. Uh, Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. You've been listening to the AJ On The Line podcast. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Joe. You've been brilliant as usual. Don't forget that you can listen to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the AJ On The Line website. Don't forget also that there's a blog where I put my uh, race report and uh, awards written down into greater detail so you can have a little bit more content if 
you're still feeling a bit hungry after this. This has been Adam Williams on the AJ on the Line podcast. Thank you for listening.